Okay, today I'm going to talk to you about how to how do we deal with spiritual attack? How do we deal with spiritual attack? And my scripture reading as you can highly read it is from Second Kings chapter 19. And this particular scripture passage or this story is mentioned three different times, three different times in the in the Bible. And that shows how significant this story is. And it's one of my favorite scripture passages. And it talks about Hezekiah and the people of Judah, how they would go about defeating the Assyrians. And from this passage, we can learn how to successfully deal with spiritual attack that comes from the enemy. Amen. Amen. We're going to see that being in the presence of God, reading the word of God, praying to God, and having faith in God is the key for us to be victorious against the enemy. Being in the presence of God, reading the word of God, praying to God, and having faith in God. Amen. That's the recipe, right? For Amen. victory. Yes. And who was Hezekiah? You know, Hezekiah was a, a righteous man. And he was one of the great kings. And, you know, I was reading a book, I was looking at a book, and he was listing um, the great presidents of all times. And why were they great presidents? Because of their accomplishments, you know. And Hezekiah would be a great president because of all his accomplishments. You know, he was a king of Judah, and he did that was he did that which was right in the sight of God. He said, according to all that David his father did. Uh -huh. When he said David his father, it's not he's talking about going back ten generations. Yeah, his, his father, um, he was Ahaz. Um, he was um. He wasn't um didn't do all that was right. So um he was after many bad things, God raised up somebody like David, which would be Hezekiah. Amen? Yeah, amen. You know, and so Hezekiah removed the high places and cut down the groves. And the high places were popular altars of sacrifice set up as the worship per de desired, not according to God's direction. And the groves were wooden images. So he did that, and it also says that he, according to Second Kings chapter eighteen, verse verse four, verse three says, as I said in verse three, he did that which was right in the sight of the Lord. And according to verse four, it says he broke, breaking pieces the brazen serpent. I remember the brazen serpent that was in the wilderness. It had been carefully preserved as a memorial of God's goodness to their fathers in the wilderness. But after time, they started to burn incense to it. And it had come to be worshipped at Nehushtan. So God, they took that what, something that was good and then they started, it became an idol. So Hezekiah broke that in pieces. This, I'm sure, is an expensive bronze artifact and put an end to the idolatrous worship of this object. All right, so 
Um, Hezekiah did that which was right. He removed all those idols and images. And in verse 5, in 2 Kings 18, it says he trusted in the Lord God of Israel. Amen? Amen. Amen. He trusted in the Lord God. That's the key, right? Not only did he do right, but he trusted in the Lord God of Israel. So that after him was none like him among all the kings of Judah, nor any that were before him. Amen. And it also says in verse 6, he cleaved to the Lord. Yeah. And that's the, that's the relationship we should have with God, cleaving to God. And departed not from following him and kept his commandments, which the Lord commanded Moses. And it says the Lord was with him. I believe that because of his lifestyle, because of his character, God was with him. And he prospered whithersoever he went forth. And he rebelled against the king of Assyria and served him not. And it's a good thing that he rebelled against the king of Assyria because the king of Assyria was a wicked king. Right? Mm -hmm. And um, it also says that he refused to pay. When it says he rebelled, he refused to pay the annual tribute due, due from the Assyrians. What, a, what other accomplishments did he have? He smote the Philistines. And we all know the Philistines were always enemies of Israel, right? He smote the Philistines. So where does the, the dilemma come now? And it says that King Assyria would go about, according to verse 9, it says that at the end it says, King of Assyria came up against Samira and besieged it. And in verse 11 says, King of Assyria did carry away Israel unto Assyria and put them in Hala and in harbor by the river of Gozan. So the king of Assyria is now attacking the northern kingdom. Remember, the kingdom was divided in two, right? Yeah. The, the northern kingdom and the southern kingdom. And Hezekiah was king of Judah, the southern kingdom. Now, the southern kingdom is watching... Um, the king of Assyria wreaked havoc on the northern kingdom. And they were, at the end of the day, they were both descendants of Abraham. So I'm sure this affected them. They see that this king is messing with their people now. So he started messing with the, the king, the Israelites, and it says that um, he carried away, king of Assyria carried away Israel onto Assyria. Not because the Assyrians were so great, but because it says in verse 12, the Israelites, they obeyed not the voice of the Lord their God, but transgressed his covenant and all that Moses, servant of the Lord, commanded them, I would not hear them nor do them. So they, they, they fell into the hands of the Assyrians because they were disobedient to God. Okay? So it was very hard for the, the 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 people of Judah to watch this going down. So Sennacherib, you know, he's on a roll, right? And he's now he's going after the Judah now. Yes, that's Hezekiah's territory. Mm -hmm. it says that um, he Sennacherib, king of Israel, come up against the fence cities of Judah and took them. And 
you know, how did Hezekiah respond? He said, I have offended, return unto me, from me, against the return the fence cities, the cities. And the king of Assyria appointed unto Hezekiah, king of Judah, 300 talents of silver and 30 talents of gold. Mm -hmm. So uh, Assyrians said, okay, I'm going to tax you 300 talents of silver and 30 talents of gold. Mm. And if in any way Hezekiah erred, it was in thinking that he would appease this king by paying this tribute, mm -hmm. this tax, right? So what did Hezekiah do? He reached deep. He says he gave him all the silver that was found in the house of the Lord and in the treasures of the king's house. It also says that Hezekiah cut off the gold from the doors of the temple of the Lord and from the pillar, because the temple of the Lord was overlaid with gold. Yeah. Think about how beautiful that temple was. So mm. he, he, he get all of this gold and give to the king of Assyria. Did it appease the king of Assyria? Not at all. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, because what? You know, the, the enemy come to steal, kill, and destroy. Kill and to destroy. He, his aim is to destroy us, you know, so you can't appease the devil. You know, the devil don't want peace. He wants war, right? So you can't make a deal with the devil, David. Yeah, you can't make a deal with him. <laughs> right? So, um, this didn't work. You know, the enemy was out to destroy. And how did Hezekiah respond? Like, we probably all respond to devastating news. Because the enemy said, let me read to you what the enemy said. He called to first, Second Kings chapter two, verse eight, chapter eighteen, twenty-eight to thirty-seven. It says, "So, so Sennacherib, beautiful name. He sent his messenger to to Hezekiah to deliver this message." Okay, hear the message. He says, Thus say the king, let not Hezekiah deceive you, for he shall not be able to deliver you out of his hand. Neither let Hezekiah make you trust in the Lord, saying, The Lord will del surely deliver us, and this city shall not be delivered into the hand of the king of Assyria. Heart not to Hezekiah, for thus say, say the king of Assyria, Make an agreement with me by a present and come out to me, and then he eat every man of his own wine, wine, vine, and every one of his fig, fig tree, and drink he every one of the waters of his cistern. And I'll go down to verse 33. It says, has any of the gods of the nation delivered at all? Notice that gods with a capital G. That's very important. Has any of the gods of the nation delivered at all his land out of the hand of the king of Syria? Where are the gods of Hamath and of Arpad? Where are the gods of Sarabarim, Hena, and Eva? Have they delivered Samaria out of my hand? So these are all the, the, his conquests. Where are they among all the gods of the country that have delivered their country out of my hand? That the Lord should deliver Jerusalem out of my hand. But the people held their peace and answered him not a word. 
So Asir is there boasting about his accomplishments, you know, and how did Hezekiah respond? He said he rent his clothes according to Second Kings 19, verse 1. He rent his clothes, right? And he covered himself with sackcloth. Yes. So that was a sign of mourning, deep mourning, sadness, an expression of great emotion. How do we respond when we receive such devastating news? Do we, we might cry, we might weep, you know, and we might become discouraged, you know. And this is how Hezekiah, Hezekiah was a human, and he responded a way any, any human would, you know. So this, Hezekiah was, was devastated at this news. But it also says that Hezekiah went into the house of the Lord. Amen? Mm -hmm. That's the key. When we are faced with conflict, my first point is when we are faced with conflict, we have to get into the presence of the Lord. Amen? And the house of the Lord represents the presence of the Lord. He went to the house of the Lord after he had received this devastating news. And the psalm says, in, in his presence is fullness of joy. Mm. At his right hand, there are pleasures forevermore. Yes. I, we know the psalmist, or, uh, psalmist also said, I'd rather be a doorkeeper in the house of the Lord than to dwell in the tents of wickedness. Psalm 91 verse 1, he that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Amen. So there's, amen. Amen. there's benefits in going into the house of the Lord. Yes. And he went into the house and he, he Elakim was there, Shebna, and the elders of the priests were there. And they, and they were covered with sackcloth also. And the prophet Isaiah, the the prophet, the son of Amos, was there. And they said, this day is a day of trouble and of rebuke and blasphemy. So he went to the house of God. And there was all these spiritual um, people there. And they, in turn, go to Isaiah. We all know the prophet Isaiah, mm -hmm. one of the greater prophets. And Isaiah's message to Hezekiah was, be not afraid, right? Be not afraid of the words which thou hast heard, and which the servants of the king Assyria has blasphemed mm. me. This was Isaiah speaking on behalf of God. I should note that. Be not afraid of the words which thou hast heard, which the servants of the king of Assyria has blasphemed me. Who did he blaspheme? He blasphemed God. Yes. You know, so the, the enemy is not fighting against you. The battle is not yours, but God's, right? God's. That's how God Amen. looks at Amen. the battle, that they are blaspheming me. Anybody who has come against you is coming against me too. And he says that he will send a blast upon him, and he shall hear a rumor, and shall return to his own land, and I will cause him to fall by the sword in his own land. Amen. Amen. So how do we deal with spiritual attack we have to go get into the presence of god it doesn't have to really be the physical house of god but being in his presence and um we also have to turn to the word of god 
Hezekiah had received a message from God. He had received the word from God, right? And this word was uplifting, right? And that's what the word of God does to us. It uplifts us, right? The word, thy word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. His word is living, meaning alive, powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword, mm. right? And we hide his word that we might not sin against him. And one of the weapons that we fight with is the sword of the spirit, which is what? Word the of word God. of God. Amen. So how do we defeat the enemy? Jesus tells us. Jesus illustrated that by using the word of God. When Jesus was in the wilderness, how did he attack the enemy? Using the word of God. Using the word of God. It's written. You know? It is written. Thank you, Pastor. It is mm -hmm. written. You know, so we don't have to come up with stuff from our own minds. We just go to the word of God. And Jesus was the greatest man, but he just went to the word of God. That's all he did. And that's how we should approach the enemy. That's how we should re attack the enemy, by using the word of God. Always saying, it is written. It is written. So, um, Hezekiah received a word of God. He was despondent. He was discouraged. I'm sure this word uplifted him when Isaiah sent him the word of God that don't be afraid. Mm -hmm. he, he didn't blaspheme you. He blasphemed me. Mm -hmm. you know? So I'm, I'm reminding you also that the bat is not yours, but it's God's. Amen. And in Psalm 19, Psalm 19 talks also about the word of God. Verse 7 says, The law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. The statutes of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. Amen. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean, endured forever. The judgments of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. When he talks about the law of the Lord, statutes of the Lord, Fear of the Lord, judgments of the Lord. He's talking about the word of God. Amen. So you can use that interchangeably. More to be desired are they than gold, yea, than much fine gold, sweeter also than honey and honeycomb. We all know that the word of God is sweet, right? You know, and he says, more to be desired than gold, yea, than much fine. So the word is more valuable than gold, right? And it says, moreover by them is thy servant one, and in keeping of them is great reward. Amen. 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 So that shows the benefits, the, the, the benefits of the word of God. How else do we deal with spiritual attacks through prayer? Through prayer. Peter said, cast all your care upon him. Why? Because he cares for you. And what did Hezekiah do after he read this evil report? Second Kings chapter 19, verse 14 says, you know, after, you know, Rabbi Shake, one of the messengers, had delivered this message to this bad reporter, Hezekiah, that they're going to destroy them. Hezekiah, after he received the letter, he read it, right? 
and you went to the house of the Lord and spread it before the Lord. Amen. Hmm. Praise God. And that's what we have to do: just spread our problems before the Lord. Don't internalize it. Don't worry. Just spread our problems before whatever our problems is, are. Whatever we are going through, just spread it before God. Casting all your care upon him. Do what Hezekiah did. You know, Hezekiah re reacted like any human would. This news did hit him. But he went, the key is he went to God with his problem. So his problem now become God's problem. Amen. Yes. So no matter what our problem is, whether it's great or small, spread it before God. And it says that Hezekiah spread it before the Lord. And Hezekiah, verse 15, prayed before the Lord and said, O Lord God of Israel. So right there he's saying, you're the Lord God of my people, right? Which dwelleth between the serving. Thou art the Lord God. And further he says, bow down thy ear and open thine eyes and see and hear the words of Sennacher, which has sent him to report to living God. When we're praying, we're, when we're believing God, we're not denying the reality of the situation, right? Mm -hmm. We're not living in denial. This is a real situation. You hear the words of Sennacher, which has sent him. So wh why did why did a guy pray to God? Although God had heard what Sennacherib said, because Jesus had said, God knows what in, in Matthew chapter six, God knows what we need before we even ask him, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. God knows what we need before we even ask him. But it says, um, we can go there, Matthew chapter six. Matthew chapter 6, verse 6, 5. You know, Jesus is teaching his disciples. This was a sermon, a long sermon, because it starts from chapter 5, the Sermon on the Mount. And <clears throat> Jesus is telling the people, telling the people in the multitude how to pray. So when you pray, Dina has a hypocrite's art, for they love to pray, standing in the synagogues and in the corner of the street, that they need seen of men. They have their reward. Because they want to be seen, they get their reward, they're seen, and people probably praise them. Oh, what a wonderful prayer. What a long <laughs> prayer. But you're not seen, you're, you're not, your aim is not to receive glory from men, right? He says, but though when you pray, enter in your closet, shut your door, Pray to your father in secret, and that father which seeth in secret shall reward thee openly. Amen. Amen. Now, you know what? Although the true prayer doesn't seem for seem, seek glory from men, but God. But it says that God rewards them openly. So Amen. everybody in the end sees what God has done in their lives. Amen. So there's no need for us to pray to impress people. He says, when you pray, use not vain repetitions of the healing do, for they think that they shall be heard for their much speaking. You know, long prayers are great. And, you know, the time I remember I decided not to pray a long prayer, 
I received my blessing. Uh, I always give a testimony about um, when I lost a hundred dollars, and nobody would even. Some people wouldn't even pray about finding money again, right? Mm-hmm. But I just prayed a simple prayer because God was showing me. God was showing me that it's not. It just came to me. It's not a cause of. I just prayed with humility. I just decided to pray with humility. And not that, you know, the enemy will probably think about, it's because this, what you did, that's why this happened or this. But just go to God. God is a merciful God. I just prayed at home, but dear God, it wasn't a long prayer. It was simple. And when I went back to work, I saw the note on the board and I went and I got, got back the $100. Somebody had phoned Mm -hmm. it and returned it. Mm -hmm. But I, I just remember praying a very simple prayer because God knows verse eight says, don't be like those who pray have vain repetitions because God knows what you need before you ask him. Right. So uh, um, the key is God wants us to come to him. Right. So he went on to teach, to teach them how to pray. And in the end it says, for if you, um, we can't pray with unforgiveness in our hearts. That's very key. You know, I can't talk about prayer without saying that if we pray with unforgiveness in our heart, God will not hear us. You know, because so, he says in verse 15, for if you give not men their trespasses, neither will your father forgive your trespasses. So we need to pray um, without, without, without unforgiveness in our hearts. So God knows what we need before we ask him. And further down, it says, ask and it shall be given you. Seek and it shall find, knock and it shall be opened unto you. Right? We see that acronym, ask. Ask, seek, A is for ask, S is for seek, and K is for knock. It's funny how it worked out that way. <laughs> but mm. that's God. <laughs> it says that mm-hmm. everyone that asks it, receive it. Everyone that asks it, receive it. He that seeketh find it, aim to him that knock it, it shall be open. And verse 11 says, God knows how to give good gifts to his children. You know, so um, Hezekiah taken his prayer to God. And he said, you know, you hear what Sirach, you saw the word of Sinaka. God sees, but God wants us to come to him. Mm-hmm. You know, God wants us to trust him. And that brings me to my next point. Oh, before um, I move on, let me give you some scriptures on prayer. Um, 2 Thessalonians 5 verse 17 says, pray without ceasing. Psalm 34 verse 17 says, the righteous cry and the Lord hear them and deliver them out of all their troubles. Every trouble, right? And we all know this scripture, Psalm 4 verse, Philippians 4 verse 6 and 7. We all know it by heart. Do, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let our requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God which passes all understanding shall keep our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Do you want our hearts and minds to be in Christ Jesus? Amen. Yes. Then we have to pray. Do we not want the peace that passes all understanding? We have to pray. Yes. So, so we need to ask God, 
And we ha- we need we can't just pray without believing, right? It don't it doesn't make sense we pray and do not believe. We need faith. And that brings me to my next point. How else do we deal with spiritual attacks through faith? Through faith. Hezekiah, as I've mentioned before, it says that it, it says that he trusted in the Lord God of Israel, according to Second Kings chapter eighteen, verse five. So Hezekiah was a man of faith. And how did um, Rabbi what did Rabbi Shake, one of the messengers of Syria, say? He said, um, "Let not thy God." He said to Hezekiah, "Let not thy God, in whom thou trustest, deceive thee." So he recognized that Hezekiah trusted God. Hezekiah was a man of faith. And, and he said, um, he went to God with his prayer. You know, and he said, his prayer was, of a truth, the kings of Assyria have destroyed the nation and their lives and have cast their gods into the fire for, their, for they were no gods, but the work of men's hands Wood and stone, therefore they have destroyed them. The, the difference between Hezekiah and other nations was their trust in God, or lack thereof. Yes. Other nations lost their battle because against the Assyrians because their trust were in other gods. Yes. Hezekiah would go on to win this battle because his trust is in God. Amen. Mm-hmm. So um, it's true that the Assyrians had had destroyed the other nations, but their their gods were the men's of work hands, were the work mm-hmm. of men's hands. Hezekiah God was a one and true living God. He is the God of gods, the Lord of lords. You know, so that's the difference. Hezekiah's trust was in God. These other nations' trust was in their God. Darius told Daniel, the God who you serve continually, he will deliver thee. When we go to God, we have to remember what he has done for us. We We have to remember what he has done for others. We have to remember what or realize what he's doing in our lives. And we have to realize what he has done in his word. We have to trust God. We have to have faith. And Hebrews 11 gives us the definition of faith. What is faith? The substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by the elders obtain a good report. Verse 6 says of Hebrews 11, Without faith, it is impossible to please him. Mm-hmm. For he that cometh to God it's must believe. Meeting. Emphasis on must. Must believe that he is and that he is a reward of them that diligently seek him. Amen. So what can we draw from this passage? The definition of faith. Faith is a tithe of deed. Faith equals a good report. You know, the teacher or professor might say, in order to receive a good report, you have to have 25% class participation, 20% homework, and 
60% test. In order to receive a good report in our lives, we need to have faith. Mm -hmm. Hebrews 11 verse 2 says, by it, by faith, the elders obtain a good report. So we, if we want to obtain a good report, even when there's a bad report, we have to have faith. And there's no way we can please God without faith. Hebrews chapter 10 verse 38 says, the just shall live by, by faith. faith. The just shall live by faith. And, and Mark chapter 11, verse 22 and 24. Mark chapter 11. Mark chapter. It says, when, um, when Jesus has spoken to the fig tree, and curse the fig tree. When the disciples come back, they saw that the the the, the fig tree had dried up or withered away. Mm. And Jesus told them, "Have faith in God." Mm -hmm. He said, "Verily I say unto you, that whosoever shall say unto the mountain, Be thou removed, and be thou cast in the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he has said shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he says." Therefore, I say to you, whatsoever things he desire, when he pray, believe that he receives them and he shall have them. So we have to believe that we receive it already and we shall have it, right? And, you know, I think Deacon Haley, I mentioned the story about um, Pastor Taylor where um, there was a big mountain outside of his house, literal mountain, uh, like sand. And they, he just went to God in prayer and asked God to move that mountain. And he said, a construction company come to them and said, we will pay you for the, the sun. So not only had they had that mountain removed, but they had, paid they, got, got, they get paid for it, right? You know, so <laughs> God is able to move mountains. You don't yeah. have to literally be mountains, but whatever every situation, is God can remove it. Okay, so um, we need to have faith. And Hebrews chapter 3, verse 3 and 4 says, Trust in the Lord with all thine heart, and lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy path. Amen. Jesus said to the woman with the issue of blood, Daughter, be of good comfort, thy faith. I've made I've you made whole. Amen. Praise God. And that woman, it says that she had spent all that she had. All that she had. She went to all these doctors, nothing worked. But she saw Jesus and touched the hem of his garment and was made whole that very second. You know, so we have to have faith in order to be victorious. So how does this conflict end? Bring it back to Second Kings chapter nineteen. How does this conflict end? Um, Isaiah has gone to deliver another word from God, right? In Second mm. Kings chapter nineteen, verse twenty-one to twenty-three. This is the word that the Lord has spoken concerning 
The virgin, the daughter of Zion, has despised thee and laughed thee to scorn. The daughter of Jerusalem has shaken her head at thee. Whom hast thou reproached and blasphemed? Against whom hast thou exalted thy voice and lift up thine eyes on her, even against the Holy One of Israel? Remember I said the battle is not yours, but God. Mm-hmm. By the messenger of God's reproach the Lord, and I said, with a multitude of my chariots, I have come up to the heights of the mountain, to the side of Lebanon, and will cut down the tall cedar trees thereof, and the choice fir trees thereof, and I will enter in the lodging of this border, and into the forest of Carmel, his Carmel. Fast forward to, to verse 32. Thus said the Lord concerning the king of Israel, he shall not come into the city, amen, nor shoot an arrow there, nor come before it with a shield, nor cast a bank against it. By the way that he came, by the same shall he return, and shall not come into the seed, into the city, saith the Lord. Amen. 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 Whatever God says, that will come to pass. That's key, saith the Lord. You know? And it says, I will defend this city to save it for mine own sake and for my servant David's sake. Mm. Amen. So, Whatever God says in your word, we, we must claim it. It might be about healing, about um, prosperity, deliverance. God's word, God has said it. And we should believe it, you know. Mm-hmm. And what, what happened? How did this conflict end? It came to pass that night. So whatever God says will come to pass that the angel of the Lord went out and smote in the camp of the Assyrians a hundred, four score, and five thousand. Who smote them? The angel of the Lord. angel of the Lord. And when they arose early in the morning, behold, they were all dead corpses. <laughs> <laughs> all um, dead corpses. Praise God. That big king that was beating his chest. You know, so the Sennacherib king of Assyria departed and went and returned and dwelt at Nineveh. And it came to pass, God's word will come to pass, as he was worshipping in the house of Nisroch, his God, with a common G, and Adramelech and Sharizer, his son smote him with the sword. <laughs> his own sons. Mm. Kill him. This, this king who had, who had been there blaspheming, God, his son smote him with his sword, with the sword, and they escaped into the land of Armenia, and Eshadon, his son, reigned in his stead. Amen. Amen. So that's how that conflict ended. Mm. So you might have had a, had a report, whatever you're going through, and you react like, that was how they reacted in, in those days. Remember Job when he rent his clothes? after all that calamity had happened to him, mm-hmm. when they received that bad news, whatever dilemma you're going through, whatever problems, mm. we can react like, sometimes react like Hezekiah first day when he rent his clothes, covered himself with sackcloth. But it's not over till God says it's over. Mm-hmm. Hezekiah went to God. He, he, he went into the presence of God, right? He he read the word. He heard the word of God. He 
he trusted in God, right? And he had faith in God. And that's how we're going to receive our victory. That's how we're going to receive our victory. The Assyrians were victorious against other nations because they had their gods. They were serving gods. We will be victorious because we serve the one and true living God. Amen. 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 So, you know, that's my message for you today. Don't be discouraged. Hezekiah was discouraged at first, but if we, if we just stay in the presence of God, mm-hmm. sometimes we have to turn off the TV. Sometimes it might require us to wake up early mm-hmm. and get in the presence of God. Go to his word. Yes. God's word mm-hmm. is so powerful that it can bring comfort and it also can defeat the enemy, right? Like mm-hmm. Jesus did. Mm-hmm. That's yes. the power of the word of God. And we have to pray to God. Yes. It sounds simple, but prayer is so effective. And we have to have faith in God. Yeah. Amen. God bless you.